0: Love, talk, radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan as we bring you Talking in Circles. We're talking about the weekend that was from Texas Motor Speedway and Raleigh Auto Parts 500. We'll get to first that was the race in the Cup Series. Of course, you also had a truck series events from Texas. We'll also preview a busy weekend from uh, Kansas Speedway this weekend with a cup, cup Series race on Thursday, two truck series races and an Xfinity Series race, so we'll preview that as well. 917-889-8282. That's another call here tonight. I'm talking in circles if you want to join the show. But let's get right to it. i tell you, guys, um, when we had all picked winners, I'm sure I could have given you guys maybe 15 or 20 guesses, and I'm not sure Austin Dillon would have come up in in, in those 15 or 20 guesses. And that's the second week in a row now where we've had a surprise winner that's really shaking up the playoffs. But what were your initial thoughts, Philip? I'll go to you first. When you saw Austin Dillon cross the star finish line, he take the and flag, and reality set in that he was winning a cup race again for the first time in a couple of years and uh, his third cup series win, and we realized that Austin Dillon, who had gotten off to a good start this year but had really faded recently, they hadn't had a top 10 in a while, um, they, they really weren't, were about a top 15 car, their speed had really lacked a lot lately it seemed like, but they got clean air yesterday, went to the front, and stayed there, and he got the victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's something for Dylan, and you have to give Justin Alexander props. He's done this before. He did it to help Austin win the 600 with the fuel mileage. Uh, Daytona, they put themselves in a position – Um, Of course, he went and sent uh, Eric Almirola into the catch fence uh, to win that, but that's a Daytona 500, so they justified it. In this case, he got clean air. They took it because the Badger tires were rock hard uh, to the point where they would never wear out. Like, they were basically, like, street tires. So, I mean, you would never have to pit. Like, I would love to know if some of those back marker teams even changed tires. Because I would swear they didn't have to. Uh, Those tires never wore out. And uh, he had people going, doing two tires, no tires. They did two tires on the right. Uh, Reddick had no tires. He just couldn't get restarts right and timing and all that. And he had Kyle Busch there a couple times trying to help him push. But Austin uh, was able to kind of uh, take advantage of his rookie teammate there Um, and somebody who I think has definitely made Austin show up for the first time in a long time um, and really earn his keep there at at RCR because, um, you know, the way that they've been for a while, ever since Kevin Harvick left, they've not been that great. They haven't really been relevant. Um, uh, You know, Sands, Ryan Newman finishing second in points. was just six, seven years ago, whatever it was. And uh, you know, in that case, you get clean air at a track where it's one groove, and outside of restarts, you're not really able to pass, or you could stall your, get stalled out. Austin Dillon goes and takes advantage, Justin Alexander with the call of the day, and now they're in the, they're in the chase, and uh, we'll see what they can do. Uh, There's a in this next few races here to see if they can build on the momentum and. Uh, be ready for Darlington when the playoffs start.
0: Yeah, that that's the thing, you know. Now he's locked into the playoffs, and really, it can build on this momentum for the rest of the year. Um, and you know, Spencer, I think a lot of people thought when you know we talked about an RCR car winning a race this year, I think a lot of people said, "Well, Tyler Reddick can certainly do that." And Reddick had a really good run as well. You know, he shouldn't be forgotten about. He finished second. They had a similar strategy to Austin Dillon. They took two tires. Uh, and ended up in the second spot And nobody could pass them at the end either So really the first 1-2 uh, finish For Richard Childers Racing since 2011 And if you all remember It was that tandem race at Talladega When Clint Boyer and Jeff Burton went to the line And I think Boyer got Burton Or Burton got Boyer uh, pulling to the left Right there on a way bottom of the racetrack that, That's 9 years ago now It's hard to believe that's 9 years ago Because you remember it so vividly But that was the last time RCR finished 1-2 In a cup race So here they come on Sunday, uh, finishing one, two, and and just a a day they really needed. We talked last week, and I mentioned on the show, it was their first all-star race ever without an RCR car representing in the main event, and now they're going to represent in the 2021 all-star race, uh, and it really builds momentum. and helps Reddick, who, again, was kind of fading a little bit. He really wasn't running as good as he was early in the year, but they got the clean air and stayed there. So overall, Spencer it was a really good day for Rich Childress Racing. Yeah, I thought,
2: um, you know, I at, there at the end, you know, and you can sit there and say uh, he doesn't deserve it. He wasn't up front all day. I mean, he had to go through multiple restarts, and he had two of the best in the business behind him, and and a young hard charging rookie right next to him. And um, so he had to, uh, you know, he you know clean air yet yeah, helps, but you know he had to drive those last restarts and. Um, You know, to be able to pull away from Kyle and Logano and be able to hold them off, like I said, for multiple restarts is pretty big. Um, You know, and I think it's common after the race, not bad for a Silver Spoon kid. Um, You know, that's, you know, yeah, he might have gotten to where he's at because of his grandfather, but, you know, you have to have somewhat some talent um, to be able to go out and win races. I mean, that's, you, you can't, I mean, you can't sit there and be, you know, you could be in the best race car, but if you are gone awful, you know, the odds of you winning a race are slim to none. So I thought it was um an okay race. It was cool to see RCR up there at the end to uh, finish one, too. And honestly, you know, I'm a big fan of um, guys who don't win a lot coming in and stealing the show and winning and rookies winning. So, um, you know... I didn't really care who'd won between him or the, uh, the eight, but I was pulling for one of those cards. That organization really needs it. Um, you know, like you said, it's an organization that you would put up there with the big-name teams, but it's a team that doesn't win on a week-to-week basis. So, um, yeah, huge momentum for the three-team. You know, you, you win a race, you're locked in, you know you're locked in. Him and his crew chief Justin Alexander can um, do some strategy calls now and um, not have to worry about, oh, well, if, you know, if, if it screws us, it screws us. You know, we're still locked in, and they know that they're going to the playoffs. So, um, you know, the, the their whole season has changed. Um, it really has. I mean, you can run the races differently, like I just said, and um, you can you can be a lot more risky, and uh, and that can lead into more wins. So, hats off to those guys. Awesome to see a new car in victory lane
0: that's not normally there.
2: So, of um, course,
0: it yeah, it really was. It was a uh, – for RCR, you know, you can't say anything better than what they had. That was a, not as good as you can do. And, and listen, there's no question that they stole one. I don't, I don't think anybody would argue with that. But, you know, sometimes that happens in this sport where you steal one. And they – they, you know, I, I always everybody always says – it drives me crazy when I always hear people say, well, they should have won. The guy who should have won is standing in victory lane because they either outsmarted you, they got more lucky than you, or they outran you. Uh, or a combination of all three. So, you know, that, that's the end of the day. Nobody else should win except the winner. That's where we look at things. You know, uh, we only pay, we only care about who who takes the checkered flag on the final lap. Now, with stages, it's not entirely true because we care about stage points and all that kind of stuff. But um, certainly a, a good win for our team. So, Austin Dillon was first, which, and out, of course, Tyler Reddick second. Joe Logano was third, Conor Bush fourth, Kevin Hart fifth. Eric Jones, Ryan Blaney, Kirk Busch. Brad Keselowski, Eric, I'm a rolling at the top ten. Um, you know, when you go through the top ten, I think the guy who had obviously the best race car all night, fill up, all day, Philip, I should say, was Ryan Blaney. He won both stages on 150 laps. Uh, he let another one slip through his fingers here, and you know, I'm not saying we're to that point yet, but we're starting. We're starting to get to the point where you're going to start to say, when is Ryan Blaney going to start to put everything together? He's had a really, really short year. Hales had a, a really been really fast, pretty much everywhere we've gone, especially since we come back from the pandemic, and he's got one win, which is Talladega. So it just seems like they're letting things slip through his finger a little bit more there, Philip. What were your thoughts on Ryan Blaney and uh, the fact that he just couldn't close the deal here?
1: I I don't really blame Blaney here in this spot. There's been times in his career. Uh, over these past few years, whether it was even with the Woods, less with the Woods, but more since he's moved to full team Penske in the 12 car where they've given away races when he had um, you know, the old crew chief. And uh, uh, now with um, with Todd Gordon, they've had issues this year, but Todd Gordon's kind of known for having those um, issues even with Joey Logano in in their in their heyday, even at their peak. Um, I don't think he's always he's run well at Texas for many years. Um, it's kind of a timing thing. It's a, it, I mean, I think we're probably going to talk about a main reason why he didn't win uh, yesterday. It's he's to me he's been the best Penske car out of the three. This year, uh, over overall, in terms of performance, you know, Brad's been able to show up and win races at the end. He's been able to close, which is obviously that's the thing you want to close. But otherwise, there's been a lot of struggle going on during the races. He's had to work his way up there. Logano's had a rough uh, return post-COVID with Paul Wolfe. Uh, yesterday, their car was 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 crap early. They went and made a Packer change early in the first stage under green. or under. They made Packer changes, and then all of a sudden his car actually was drivable, and that was one of the best races they've had in a while. And that's the kind of thing you expect from Logano and you expect from Paul Wolf. And I feel like in their case, they're building towards the playoff. While it hasn't worked out so well, Um, they're going to be fine. I think Ryan Blaney is going to be fine. I think Kansas is a good place for him to get healthy, possibly go and get a win. Michigan is going to be a great spot because Ford's have been able to do well in recent years. I think he could go out there and get a win. I'm not as concerned about the fact that Blaney wasn't able to come through yesterday. I think there are other races like Vegas earlier this year um, I think maybe one or two others where I think Glaney should have been able to, well, you're getting into the should have won or could have won kind of deal. You know, like in in terms of the closing deal, like we just talked about, you just mentioned, um, the fact is he's there. He's up there every week. Eventually you're going you're gonna to win. And once he he's able to kind of break through the wall, I think he's going to finally take off and, Make that next step, which is what Why Penske uh, has invested so much in him, and why they're going to keep him for a long time. Oh yeah,
0: there's no question. I don't think anybody will ever question the talent that Ryan Blaney has. I mean, he's a really, really, really good race car driver. But you get to the point where you know, remember Chase Elliott was in this point for a little while, where you finish second a lot, or you don't close the tail a lot. People are going, ooh, you know, I thought he had more wins in three or four. Uh, and he doesn't, you know. And if you want to be a championship contender, it's basically when you come out and you get that championship conversation. That's what the question is with uh, Ryan Blaney, I think. You get into that championship conversation. But this race had a couple of interesting incidences. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to a bunch of them here. One was Jimmy Johnson. Obviously, uh, a guy who's won here a lot in the past. Spawned, and he ended up 26th. Um, and then also the big one, one of the big ones, right as Stage 2 started, when uh, Kyle Busch got together with another car, I couldn't really tell who it was, but um, got together with another car, caused a huge accident, ended Ryan Priest's day, uh, made Martin Truex Jr. He didn't, it didn't end his day, but it really took any chance of him winning the race away. Uh, it also took away um, uh, a, a really good run for um, Ricky Sennheiser Jr., William Byron. Kurt Busch was in it as well, Amarola. So a lot of different drivers involved in that wreck. Uh, that was a huge, huge wreck and a huge turning point of that race on lap two twenty, Spencer. Uh what were your thoughts on that and uh and, and just you know, who really got hurt from that? I mean Kyle was able to survive and finished fourth, but you know, Martin Truex Junior got involved. What were your thoughts on that accident?
2: Well, I know it, uh I was worried for my fantasy team more than anything, honestly. Um no, it's it, it see Kyle going through the grass, and you see Truex um, headed towards the wall, and you know pretty, you know, it pretty much ended his day. Like you said, he had no shot of winning. Um, it's just racing, I guess. You know, a, it it goes to show how um, I don't think Truex had a winning car. Um, you know, we all I think we would all sit here and agree that Blaney had the winning car, but it, it's definitely a game changer. Um, in many ways, points. Um, you know, it, you know, it can really put a points deficit on you. You can lose a lot of points real fast, and the, you know, even though those, well, not really Kyle because he has, you know, he didn't have, he doesn't have a lot of playoff points if he has any. Um, no, I don't think he does. So, um, yeah, you you take those top guys that, you know, say for Truex, he has playoff points, so it doesn't hurt him as bad, but for Kyle not to have any and then you see him go through the grass and you're kind of like, when are you going to start getting him? Um, You know, just because of this wreck, I'm not going to stay here and say he's not going to make the playoffs, but without playoff points, it's going to be hard to advance um, with the way he's running, and you saw him and you're like, okay, he's running pretty good. You know, he's having a decent race, and then you see that happen. Um, Yeah, he rebounded, but, you know, that grass could have really tore off the front of his car, and you're sitting here yet again talking about another Kyle Busch, Um horrible day, and you don't really see that. So um, it's uh, it's just racing. You're going to see those wrecks, um, you know, from the guys that run in the back, and then the guys up front, they're going to get in a wreck too every once in a while. It's just it's the product of racing, I guess. So,
0: um, yeah, pretty wild. Well, yeah, that was a huge wreck to have, uh, you know, they've got a lot of contenders. Also, John Mnumichek spun on lap 244. He also had, uh, Ty Dillon and William Byron getting together, uh, on lap 252, but the big accident of the day, the one everybody's talking about happened on lap 307. And I'm going to fill up Matthew for this one. You know, Quinn Hattelf, uh a, a home driver and a lot of people qualify him as a rookie. He actually ran up at about 26 races last year. Uh, running for, I believe it was the 77 car for most of the time last year. Um, but he ran a lot last year And but before that really hadn't had a lot of stock car experience, at least uh, big time stock car experience. Not a lot of ARCA races, not a lot of truck races, not a lot of Xfinity uh, uh, Series races. So he's getting a lot of, of flack today. Um, and the move, Let me just say, I think the move was absolutely ridiculous to come from the top lane. I don't think anybody saw it could say anything other than that. Come from the top lane and try and pit now, I think his team probably could have helped him a little bit more there. You know, I know when you're a young driver, I don't care how much experience you have. If you're a young driver in a Cup Series, you might want to say, hey, you know, you get into a groove where you're trying to find your line. Hey, we're pitting this time, we're pitting you know, two laps. Get ready, you know, get ready to pit. Look at your marks. You know, figure out what you're going to do when you come down on pit road. We're going to pit in a lap or two. Just to put it in their mind. Now, that could have totally happened and he could have totally blanked. And he could have totally just pulled from the and, and it was the driver's fault. But it the worst part about that accident was it took out two contenders who were really having good days, Chris Christopher Bell and really Matt DiBenedetto, who I think had a chance of even winning the race. Uh it took him it end of their days as far as winning was concerned as well. Um, you know, D. Benedetto uh, ends up in seventeenth. He lost a lot of track position from that. And Christopher Bell was twenty first. I think he was a a couple of laps uh to the repairs and all and just you know, not being competitive at the end. So it was a a, a really, really head-scratching move. Uh, a lot of things came out of the drive. Keselowski came out and said he'd like to see almost like a point system where guys have to earn their way up through the Cup Series. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Philip? We've seen, and, and it was really a trend, you know, about 10, 15 years ago where, you know, we saw a lot of guys with not a ton of experience. Reed Sorensen comes to mind. David Reagan comes to mind. Where not a ton of experience. Uh, in the Xfinity Truck Series and they run into the Cup Series. David Gillland even didn't have a ton of experience when he came in. Um, but what are your thoughts now? And that's sort of not the case right now. A lot of development contracts and all that. But what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on, on what Quinn Houff did and you know what Brad Keselowski basically said at the end of that race?
1: I mean, it was it was a horrendous uh, decision by half and fundamentally. Uh, he's been in the way all year. Uh, he's he's at yeah, short tracks. He gets lapped every ten, ten to fifteen laps. He's he doesn't hold his line at times. He's he's just in the way, and it's it's something. He maybe he he probably is a very nice guy. I, I guess you know he's he somehow or another figured out a way to get from to never finish in the top 10 in an Xfinity car, then think two top 15 finishes, something like that, a couple of top 10s in an ARCA car, and then get a two-year deal to run a cup car uh, in a full chartered cup car. I mean, frankly, he was in a better chartered cup car last year because the 77 is the old 78. Um, but you, you, you look at what that team was with, with Landon Castle, and they weren't setting the world on fire by any means. But at least they were, you know, they weren't in the way. They were, you know, rele- they could at least make, they could be all right. You know, they wouldn't have, be a, a detriment to the field. He's been a detriment to the field from the moment he's been in that race car, no matter what racetrack it's been. He got. He was in the way at the Daytona 500 and somebody turned him in the fence. You know he he's, he's been in the way at Bristol. I, it's like I swore he got laughed every 10 laps at Bristol. This race, he goes and turns down on De Burrito and ruins what possibly could have been his first win. Um, and, and in his case, he's actually contending for the playoffs. It's, it's mind- numbing to me uh, how some people get into this sport and how some people are able to get the rides that they do. It's been this way forever. It's part of what racing is. Um, but to be that mediocre and, and to his level of mediocrity, there's, I've, to me, the Cup Series is supposed to be elite. There have been bad drivers over the years. There's been some really bad drivers over the years. Uh, and, and some of them got way too much PR. He gets no PR. He drives for a seller a, a dweller type team, but the point is, if you're going to be in that role and you're going to be in that position, don't get in the way. Just do what you have to do and learn. He can't even do that, and that's that's literally the issue. That's the biggest problem with him, and 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 right. and he doesn't care, and is it, and, and it's and I think that's the that's the thing. The team doesn't care he doesn't care. You're ruining races. It's, it's a fundamental problem and I I just don't get it. It is. And it's pathetic, frankly, you know, um, uh, it's just a joke. You know, they wreck every week or every other week. And it's, it's unacceptable, but then it's NASCAR. What do you expect? It's consistently inconsistent. They'll give a license I think one of us could get a license at the rate. If he's getting a license, I think one of huh. us could get a license and drive for Rick Ware next week. So, I mean, it is what it is.
0: You mentioned yeah. the driver
1: change, and really I think you hit on a lot of good points, One,
0: particularly that when you're a young driver like that, you you know, what they always used to say, if you don't hear their name, they did a hell of a job. You know, for example, James Davison, who ran both Pocono races, you didn't even know he was in a race because of how well he did. And you know, that's a good thing when you sit there and you say, Hey, um, did I I didn't even hear he was in the race. Well that's good because he wasn't in the way, he wasn't, you know, causing any issues, and that's that's a good thing for a young driver. But you also brought up the fact that they like a the Castle. No that was head scratching to me. Let me just point out this fact for you for you. After eighteen races last year, the double zero car was uh thirty third and owner points last year, and right now it's 36. That doesn't seem like a major major drop because it's not technically, but let me just give you this. Last year, after 18 races, the double zero had 125 owner points. This year, they have 88. So, that's a drop of, well, about 37 points, which is an entire race, almost, of the double zero. And they did make a crew chief change at all, but I think it's basically that Quinn house is very inexperienced and you know, you brought up the the best point you brought up and Corey Joy talked about this on Sirius XM radio today. This is supposed to be the the premier series in in stock cars. This is what they sell themselves as NASCAR does says, what is the premier series? And when you have somebody doing a move like that, you kind of scratch your head and go, is it really that, you know, and we always have ride buyers and there's not a lot you could do about it. I always say about ride buyers, you know, when people complain about them and, and listen, I'll be the first one to say, what is he doing in the Cup Series? But, you know, I always say, well, then give me a way to where they don't get here, to where, you know, you, you have to make winning and running up front so much more profitable than the sponsorship, and right now we're not at that at that position at all, especially with these charters. Now, if House was, you know, if they needed the owner points and they really needed to perform, they would be hurt, but that's not the case right now. Because these charters let you put anybody who you want in these race cars, and you don't get a chart—you don't get it taken away hardly. You I know, and mean, you can move it around and do all kinds of nonsense. So that, to me, is a major, major problem, especially in the back end of the field. And at the end of the day, what people forget is—and we've come a long way in safety. There's no question. You know, the fact that we haven't lost a driver in almost 20 years is just really, really remarkable in this sporter. You know. We really don't even see drivers get really hurt as far as broken bones anymore. Um, that's remarkable for, to how far we've come. But the, the biggest thing is, is that we still can't be complacent on safety. We can't sit there and say, okay, we're too safe, because there's no such thing as being too safe. And That's my, my biggest fear. There's still people in race cars going at, at top speed as fast as you can go, and that's why I've always I've – I've been critical of their of their approval process. I really have. I've been very, very critical of it. And I thought James Davidson to me, you know, running an IndyCar, he had much more experience than Quinn House did, and Quinn House got approved last year, which made me scratch my head. So, you know, this is almost a fault of NASCAR – That almost. It is a fault of NASCAR where they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, listen, um, we need to be a little bit more – strict on getting a license and having experience you know I always tell the story about A.J. Foyt when he went to Darlington in the 80s this was A.J. Foyt was a a, an accomplished racer they made him do a a driver test at Darlington because he'd never been there in the 80s it just shows you how far this sport has come and you know now we're like went half into a race so and the the biggest problem is we don't practice right now and uh you know, obviously they couldn't have predicted that we wouldn't have practiced and they wouldn't have gotten a lot of experience in these cars. But still, you know, it's been a a very tough year for him. And uh, I don't want to pile on, but it was a very very head scratching move. And it's more of for me, it's more of a point in a a hit on NASCAR where you sit there and you say, you have to be big on safety. You have to sort of, you know, um, be strict on it and. I don't want to see anybody die. I don't want to see anybody get seriously hurt. You know, that was commonplace place back in the nineties and two thousands. And it wasn't fun. And we've come a long way from that. and I think it's a good, good thing we have, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't want to see that anymore. So moving on, we, we, what this win does for Austin Dillon is, is pretty incredible because it, it, he's now locked in on his points, but before the race, he wasn't, uh, but he's, He's got his win. He's guaranteed into the playoffs now. You have Cole Custer also locked in. He's currently 22nd. So, really, the cutoff gets pushed up to Jimmy Johnson, who's now two points to the good over teammate William Byron. It's hard to believe that William Byron has had this tough of a year. And he had another bad run again yesterday. Um, but, you know, he's right there. Then you got Tyler Rennick, Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace. To me, Spencer, that was the biggest – Thing about the win for Austin Dillon is the fact that he's no locked in; he can focus on the playoffs. They can get that three car even better and even faster than they want to, and it really knocks William Byron out of the playoffs. It uh, almost locked, knocked Jimmy Johnson out of the playoffs, but it really makes those those points uh, so much more important. And the fact that we still have Daytona coming up, we have a road course coming up that nobody's been, been to ever. Uh, and we're going have no practice, so that's a wild card as well. Uh, it, it was a, a very big win from that standpoint, and how this could really turn the playoffs upside down. Yeah, I mean, if you're
2: with those two first-time winners for this year, um, you know, knowing that this is Dylan's third and Cole Custer, first-time winner all together, um, the guys that are, you know, that makes it those guys, like you just said, the points a lot more critical. Um, right there at the cutoff, um, you know you can, like I said, you can be in one race and out the next. Uh, you can just lose points. Points mean, you know, so much. Uh, you know, throughout the whole year, I mean, you know, that's based off how you get to the playoffs. Um, so I mean, you know, you know, you take the way William Byron has been running. Um, he hasn't been up front, getting a lot of stage points and. Those are, those are very, very critical. I mean, we've seen how many Kyle and Martin Truex won in the regular season, and that basically carried them all the way through Homestead because they had that many. Um, and they're just not doing that. So, you know, with those two winning, you know, with Cole Custer winning, Austin Dillon was not, you know, he was, I think, below. Now that he's won, he's back in. So he got those two Hendrick cars that are right there, which is, Alarming already as it is being a Hendrick Motorsports car. Um, you know, you think of that team, you think of running up front and winning races. That's not the case. Um, the only guy over there is Chase Elliott right now doing anything. Alex Bowman is falling off. He was dominant the first four races, coming back from the pandemic. Eh, not, not as good as he was. And you got Jimmy and Byron who aren't doing much of anything either. And, you know, if they don't step it up, time's ticking. Because you mentioned, we have a road course that nobody has been on. Yeah, Jimmy ran in the Rolex long time ago, but I got news for you. Them, them, uh, MCC cars run a hell of a lot different than a stock car does
1: on a road course. They're,
2: they're nothing alike. Um, so, and then you got Daytona. I mean, you can go out there, they wad him up in turn three, he's out of the race, boom. So, I mean, he has really a few races, both of them do. And, you know, you have to really, you have to, you have to start doing something. Cause, you know, you take those two or three races away. I think it's two that, you know, wild card, they tell you don't know what happened, road course, no one's been on seven races maybe, I think, somewhere around there. So you don't have long. Um, and who knows? We could have another first-time winner next week, and then we could have a next and next. So you just don't know, and they really have to start uh, clicking and doing something more. His last season is going to be pretty awful, and that's really not what you want to go out um, on in your last year. is an awful season. And you missed the playoffs last year, and you can miss it again this
0: year. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing with this whole season is just how much Austin Dillon's win. We'll probably look back at that, say how much did his win at Texas really change the course of this season, um, and that to me is is going to be the big the big thing to look out for. Now, it's seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero, that's the number to call. Uh, the next Cup Series race, by the way, is Thursday night. That's this Thursday, July twenty third uh, at seven thirty. So if you're Kind of confused. They're going to run Thursday night at, at Kansas, then they're going to run next Sunday, of course, at New Hampshire Motor Speedway at 3:30. Uh, then they got a doubleheader the following weekend on a Saturday and Sunday at Michigan. So a lot of racing coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. You also got Daytona Road Course on the 16th, doubleheader weekend at Dover, and then of course the Coke Zero 400 at Daytona um, to end the regular season. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Also, um, you look at it from Texas. We had a triple-header weekend. The first race of that triple-header weekend was the Saturday race at Texas Motor Speedway NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, And really, there was two stories in that race. One was um, how good Justin Allgaier was. Well, well, there were a few stories. Justin Allgaier really threw a lot of speed. He had a blend line penalty that really sort of cost him uh, the victory. He also had Noah Gregson getting into Riley Herbst early on in the event. And Herbst came back. That's 12- accidents that Noah Gregson has been involved in so far in 16 races this year, Uh, whether he's caused it or whether he's been involved in it. So that's just how aggressive he's really been. Uh, It really bucked out of the race. Um, And the other big story, of course, was Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch went on and and led a a lot of laps there towards the end of that race, and boom, Wednesday race goes to victory lane and gets disqualified for his car being too low. Austin Cindrick, who was second, had a really strong day. Um, wins his third Xfinity Series race in a row. He passed the the of Ryan Ford. He's your winner. Uh, Austin Cindrick was your winner. Chase Briscoe, second. Justin Allgaier, third. Harrison Burton, fourth. Michael Annette was fifth. Then Jeff Burton, Brandon Jones, Justin Haley, Ross Chastain, and Brandon Brown, um, your top ten. And for the record, you know, if you are not really, you don't really remember how this all works out as far as... Who gets what happens when he gets disqualified? Bush got disqualified he takes a thirty seventh place finish in that race so uh, it's almost like he wasn't even there, so he goes to dead last but Spencer was still producer started with with Philip last time. What were your thoughts on this extended series race well uh Sendrick, who was credited the winner, uh, what were your thoughts?
2: We've seen dQs before, and we've seen it for the same reason. Um, what well, my guess was is front was too low. Um correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the case, something with his height. Um, you know, we've seen Ross get DQ'd you're at I I uh, Iowa in the truck race. And so, you know, at least they're being consistent. Um you know, on that roll, anyways, I'm not gonna jump into everything else because they're not um consistent in a lot of things. But, you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna DQ one guy, you gotta DQ the next. You just have to. Um, you can't DQ some random Joe Schmoe, um, you know, not saying Ross is that, but if you compare Ross to Kyle Busch, you know, Kyle Busch is, you know, 100. Ross is probably maybe 40 um, on, you know, popularity scale. So, you know, you you have to bust the big guys too. You know, your card does not match the books. You know, you deserve to be DQ'd. That's just how it's just how it works. You know, you cheat, you get. Uh, not saying he cheated on purpose, but if your car doesn't match, um, yeah, you you don't. Deserve, why why should you deserve the win? Whether that helps you with performance or not, because um, if you don't, it's going to open up a can of worms. Just like uh, you know it is with the Mackenzie Quaver. it's going to cause a lot of problems. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately. Um, you know, you don't want to see anybody get DQ'd for their hard work. You know, these teams spend a lot of money to come out here and run these races. They have sponsors. And Mars thought they was going to victory lane, and it got taken away from him. So, um, you know, I guess congrats to Austin Sendrick. It's the third in a row. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely – you could put him in the top four of the Xfinity Series this year. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of him, but I'm not uh, – you know, I'm going to admit it. He's having a really good season. He's bringing fast race cars. So, um, we thought Kyle was going to victory lane and ended up being a Penske Ford. So, um, you know, the, the, that helps Cedric in the points. Um, and, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be there at the, uh, you know, at the championship race. I can tell you that. So uh,
0: unfortunate for the Gibbs team. Yeah, listen, it was a uh, race that, you know, Cedric has really, to me, um, put himself in this championship conversation. And, you know, we always say Briscoe and Cedric, you know, Briscoe's really been a guy who's who's taken this, this series by the horns this year, but Cedric could be a guy to watch out for just because he's got a lot of speed in that 22. He's learning as he goes. Uh, but another guy that's really in the championship conversation to me, just based on speed and talent, is Noah Gregson, Phillip. But, you know, it's become this, this thing now where he seems to like to run into people. And, you know, I think he's a very talented race car driver, but it was kind of shocking to me to hear – Steve Letart, who, by the way, I thought did a great job on Saturday. It was very critical. It was a late race caution in that race that was absolutely tick tack, ticky tacking at best, if you want to call it that, which it shouldn't have been a caution. He basically called it out and said, "Oh, that shouldn't have been a caution." And not a lot of people have the guts to do that. So I give him a lot of credit to do that, doing that, because it was a BS caution. But he was also very critical on Noah Gregson. And you know, remember where LaTarte came from, obviously. He worked very closely, he's very close friends with Dale Earnhardt Jr., who owns Noah Gregson's number nine car, and Jr. even was, was kind of critical on him, and he's been critical on on his podcast, and, you know, this is a kid, and this is why I don't think he's going to get 48, he's a kid, he's, he's got a lot of growing up to do yet, in my opinion, on and off the track, um, he's a very talented race car driver, but he's got a lot of growing up to do, and I think Philip, You know, we saw this a a little earlier. We kind of reminded you a little bit of Kurt Busch. We saw this a lot with Kurt Busch early in his career. Extremely talented race car driver, but, you know, got into a particular, you know, uh, seven match on a racetrack with a driver and ended up, you know, with Kurt and being physically assaulted. But what happened with Kurt was he got wrecked a lot because of that. And you have to wonder if there's going to be some retaliation here with Noah Gregson. Now, a lot of people thought he, he got wrecked. On Saturday, it really came by the air of the race car got taken out from under him, and he spun out and crashed. So that wasn't really retaliation on that part. Um, but there's going to be some retaliation. And to me, if he doesn't start respecting his, his fellow competitors, he could kiss a championship run goodbye this year because these guys are going to sit there and go, we're not going to let him run this championship. He's now wrecked. You know, he's gotten into Harrison Burton. Mike Snyder kind of owes him one. we on now. Um, and and the list is longer than that. So to me, Philip, so he's going to have to really change his ways quickly if he wants to have a chance at this championship. What are your thoughts on Noah Gregson in that nine car?
1: Yeah, he, when when it comes to his driving style and the way he is, I, I it's it's not just that he's an aggressive driver and that he's run over everybody, um, basically. I mean, this goes all the way back to his K&N days uh, trying to win races and he's trying to run people over and he caused wrecks. Um, you, I, I think there's another parallel. You made the Kurt Bush one, Clayton. I think you could look at Brad uh, when Brad was driving for JRM and the Joe Gibbs whiners cried wolf about him uh you had you had Kyle Bush you had Denny Hamlin and then even you can add Roy Grage, Carl Edwards they all cried wolf about him and how he drove but there's a difference here in 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 the fact that Brad was there's a desperation to what Brad was doing he his family lost their team and all that he was part of it because he was driving the truck and they went out of business he didn't have anything. If he didn't make it, he was screwed. And based on things he says on the internet, you can kind of figure out why the the When it comes to Noah Gregson, even though his dads went and ran over people and killed people, he's daddy's money. He's, he's going to be okay. so he, and and even with some of the questionable decisions he's made drive, while he was driving for Kyle Bush a couple of years ago in the truck series he not only was able to get to the final four in the truck series and have a chance to have a championship, he then goes and gets in the nine Xfinity car for JRM, which is a championship-winning vehicle with multiple drivers, with three drivers, and all of them are in Cup right now. Um, and and I, I would venture to say that two of them definitely have a long-term future in the Cup Series. So he's got money, he's got backing, he's got all these things. But when you're running over people and you have no remorse, eventually you're going to get wrecked really hard or you're going to get your butt whipped. And fundamentally for a guy like him, like Noah Gregson, he needs to get his butt whipped. And, and because using your car as a weapon is not a, a viable thing. Um, especially now I, I mean it wasn 't ever a thing before, but in this pan during this pandemic, the amount of the issues that are going on to go and use your car as a weapon is just really pathetic and he 's not going to win a championship i i 'll say it right now if he wins a championship, God bless him. I'm not going to shave my head. I mean, basically, I just did it earlier today. Anyway, but the fact is, that's how I cut my hair. The fact is, he's not going to win a championship. You know why? Because you have, you have Chase Briscoe, you have Austin Sindrick, you have Harrison Burton, and Justin Allgaier. I've, that's just just those four drivers alone. I would take over Noah Gregson. I don't care that he's winning races, because the fact is, the laundry list of people that want to wreck him is longer than the number of races he's won in an Xfinity car. No, Wyatt Snyder's driving a toilet. He's going to go and figure out a way to go and dump him at a short track. Frickin' Riley Herbst, he doesn't have any talent, but somehow or another he'll figure out a way to get loose under him and wreck him. It, it, mm-hmm. you, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, and, and if you make Justin Allgaier and, and his wife mad, then you know he's going to wreck him too. So, I mean, it doesn't, right. and they're teammates. It's so – he's not going to win a championship. He's not going to have a job. He's going to be driving for some third-rate team, or he's probably going to be driving in the back in the Cup Series next year. He's not going to be in the 48 car um, because he's a douche. Um, And it kind of fits the bill with all these Vegas drivers. They're all douchey guys, so it is what it is on this.
0: Well, and and I, you brought up a good point about Kozlowski and a lot of people have used that comparison. I actually heard it a couple of times today. And to me Kozlowski was in a little bit of a different situation, like you said, because I felt like junior motorsports at that time was nowhere near where Gibbs was, nowhere near where Roush was. So you kinda of sat there and said you he had to kind of overdrive his race car because and and he really had to sort of prove himself and say, I'm I'm I can you know, against these veteran drivers who have been known to make your, to make your life a living. Heck, you know, it was a different series in the Xfinity Series. You had a lot of cup guys filtering in 10, 10 12 years ago because last got into it. Now it's it's a lot of your competitors, the guys you're going to run with for years and years and years, you have to respect them. And I, again, you know, I don't like to, to pile on a guy because I feel like he does have some talent. He's been very, very fast in a lot of races this year, but you can't run over people like that. And that to me is going to be his biggest problem as this year goes on. And, and, and I think the biggest point you hit, Philip, was he shows no remorse. You can sit there and say, listen, or even come out like Ernie Irving did when Ernie Irvin was too aggressive and get up at a driver's meeting and say, listen, guys, I know I've kind of drove over my head. I'm going to really try hard not to do it. I, I don't know if it's
1: just the way I was
0: taught how to drive. You know, I, I like, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive driver by nature, but I'm going to try to. to Work hard at not being so aggressive. I mean, Harry ever won a lot of people over in a garage area when he did that. And, you know, that's almost like, kind of like what Noah Grayson, I feel like, needs to do just to get a lot of these people off his back because there's a lot of people who sit there and say, man, not even rep you, but if, if you want to get an inch on a race racetrack, you're passing somebody in turn four, four to go. And, you know, even if you come up with Maya Snyder and Maya Snyder's a lap car and, you know, the lead, you're chasing down the leader and Maya Snyder said, I out of his way if I if, you know, respected a guy. Now he's going to run you really, really hard. And that's just the stuff that, that comes back to bite you at the end. You know, these guys can make your life a living hell if they really want to. Um, and, and that's, to me, what Gregson really has to watch out for. And, you know, he's a good driver, and he can certainly go out and win races and get himself a lot of points where he can get to the playoffs. But, you know, I think he's really got to change his ways to, I think we need to make a really, uh, a more complete driver. There's no question about that. 977 uh, that's the number. Of call here tonight at Talking in Circles. Clayton we'll with Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we're reviewing the whole weekend from Texas Motor Speedway. We'll also talk about uh, the big weekend of racing here at Kansas next week. Uh, we'll preview that here in a little bit as well. But we're going to the uh, Ganner Outdoor Truck Series event from Texas Motor Speedway. It was a race that was won by Kyle Busch. Spencer Cowan mentioned that earlier. Um, but it was a race that, sure, Kyle Busch led 72 laps. But I think the biggest thing about it was it was almost a coming out party for Christian Eckes, where this is a guy who, Kyle's in his own stuff, and everybody knows the kind of talent Kyle Busch has. He's a uh, Cup, the defending cup champion. He's won the cup championship two times. He's got over 50 wins. You know, he's expected when he comes here to not only win the Truck Series race, but to run away with it. And Christian Eckes is an identical equipment, uh, and to go up there and really compete with his boss, and almost looked like he was going to win that race, Now Kyle got him at the end, but he learned a lot, and I think that to me, Spencer, was the biggest thing from that Truck Series event, was watching Christian Eckes go up there and really have a little bit of a coming out party to where people say, hey, that kid in the 18 really performed well on Saturday night, and uh, he was somebody that certainly put me a threat to be, to be reckoned with here as the series series goes on. Do you feel the same way about Christian Eckes when you watch that race on Saturday night, Spencer?
2: Well, I mean, you have to first have to have really fast race cars to be able to um, compete with Kyle. And, you know, you mentioned it's the same equipment, um, KBM stable cars <clears throat> uh Toyota power. Um and you know, it's the best truck series team that that's in the that's in the series. Um but yeah, you know, to be able to go and run Kyle down or stay next to Kyle or pass Kyle um you have to know you have to be somewhat talented because
1: Kyle is
2: arguably the best guy the sport has ever seen in the modern era. Um so, I mean, for Eckes to go up there and prove that he has speed, has talent, has what it takes to um, pass Kyle and not just get next to him, I mean pass him, um, really shows shows a lot. Um, you don't see a lot of guys in these lower series go out and pass Kyle. And, um, you know, it's usually him, you know, at like in the Xfinity race. I mean, he dominates the things. Um, he's a threat to win everywhere you go. And, you know, he won the race, and you kind of expect that. But for a young kid like Ekus racing his boss, and, and you know, he went home that night going, man, I ran next to my boss, who has 200 wins between all three national series, a two-time cup champion, Xfinity Series champion. I mean, the guy has done everything there is to do in the sport. For a young kid, I know if I was in Ekus shoes, I would get on that plane or in my car and go, man, I gave it all I got. I was racing next to my boss, who is one of the best in the sport, and he's writing my paychecks, and that's all I can ask for. And I'm sure Kyle saw um, that just was driving the wheels off his Toyota Tundra. Um, exposure for the sponsors; they weren't running in the, you know, he's, he he did his job. He did. He didn't win the race, but he did his job. Um, and that, you know, as Kyle Busch is an owner, that's all you can ask for. And he he did a he had a fast race car, a good
0: race. For sure. And, you know, uh, Philip, I think the other thing was who our defending champion in the truck Series. Now, he had a big night. And two weeks ago, after he wrecked that Pocono, we were really worried about him as far as playoffs were concerned. But back to back third place finishes for Matt Crafton have put him in a good, good spot. Stuart Friesen, who really, really, really needed a good run. You know, he's not in the same boat as Crafton. he's going to have to have a, a bunch of good runs here. And Ronald, awful good finishes just to try and get into the conversation as far as the playoffs are concerned. And Brett Moffitt, who we haven't really seen a ton of speed from this year, those three guys who finished third, fourth, and fifth to me, they really needed good runs this year, and they really needed good runs this week to get their season going a little bit. To me, that was the other story of the truck series race. Besides Eckes going up there and competing with his boss, Kyle Bush, Crafton, Friesen, and Moffitt, Really needed good finishes to go out there and accomplish that on on Saturday night. That was a huge
1: deal. Yeah, when you consider they're going to Kansas here for two races Clayton, it, you need to have some of these guys that we would have considered favorites for the title. And you know, Crafton has had a really rough a year, and he hasn't won in a long time too. To finally get a finish a top five finish, get stage points, get himself into the playoff is a big deal. Stuart Friesen, old Stuball, they went and changed to Kyle Busch Toyotas, and it's been a rough transition. It looks like for the first time uh, this year that they've finally hit on something, figure out some things. Moffitt. Didn't have a good start, and then he broke both of his legs on a on a motocross bike. The he's been outperformed by uh, the um, Zane Smith, Ankrum, of course Sheldon Creed. Um, and he's the most uh, he's a former champion, veteran of the series. He's won championships in other series within NASCAR on outside of the trucks. Um, he drove Cup. Um, it's a big deal for all of them for sure. But yeah, for crafting, when you consider these points and however, we don't know how many races they have left uh, before they, they actually determine their uh, regular season over. And for crafting in a matter of a couple of races to jump from nowhere to right on the cutoff is a big deal because in, in the, in the, on the flip side of that, Johnny Sauter got disqualified a couple races back, and then he had a rough night at Texas, and now he's 22 points out. Um, and that's going to be a very hard um, uh, thing to get, uh, a, a lot of points to get back. Of course, he's one of Kansas, um, one of the great and one of the most famous um uh, uh, things that ever happened was when him and and Ron Hornaday were both sideways at Kansas. And so if he goes out there and wins uh, one of them, two races, we're, we're looking at things a little differently. Um, I mean, Austin Hill, I would also say, I mean, before we move on, I think Austin Hill and the struggles he had not having a great truck and then also falling out because of mechanicals, uh, was surprising, Uh, relative to what they've been for a while uh, in this uh, not counting, not just last year, but early this year, being the regular season points leader to be completely off. It's interesting. And we have to look at that as we go on here before we get to the playoff as to the viability of the 16 truck.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned the, uh, this weekend. It's a big weekend. We got two races this weekend. We're gonna learn a lot of the truck series. But the thing with Maffa to me was, you know, his crew chief has moved up to the Cup Series from his crew chief from last year moved up to the Cup series with Bubba Wallace this year, Jerry Baxter, who's a hell of a crew chief. Uh, and he's got Chad Norris this year, who it might have taken a little bit of a while to get going with him, but you know, we'll see with what Moffat can do. And he's six points, he's not having a terrible year. But it's just, you know, this guy won four races last year. He won a championship the year before. So you're used to seeing Mafia go up there and really uh, be dominant, and he hasn't really done that so far this year. So uh, we'll see if he can pull it all together. But, yeah, it, these next two week, these next two races at Kansas are going to be very, very interesting. Um, and, or, excuse me, yeah, Kansas this weekend are going to be very, very interesting. Okay, guys, we'll talk about, in, in, in order of, as far as the races go, uh, as far as the series go, We'll talk about the races here at Kansas Speedway. We want to preview the cup race right now, the uh, Super Batteries 400, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts from Kansas Speedway. 40 cars on the entry list. You've got your normal participants. So, Phil and Matthew, I'll start with you. Who do you got? Who do think is going to run really good here this weekend at Kansas? And what kind of racing do you think we're going to see uh, in the cup series thing of things?
1: Uh, hopefully it's better than what we've had the last two weeks at the SMI tracks with the with the PJ1 and all that garbage. Uh, no PJ1, rougher racetrack. Uh, Kansas is okay, I mean, relative to the fact that it's a cookie cutter and it's not great in general. Um, I think we should be able to see a little better uh, race. The fact they're running at night is going to mean there's going to be more grip which probably is going to mean more spread out uh, field. Uh, but I would hope and think because you're going to be able to run the wall, you're going to be able to run the low line, there's going to be multiple grooves to be able to see a better race. I I look at Blaney. Um, I'll, I'll go out there and you look at Blaney and uh, his buddy Chase Elliott. Those are two guys to look at for uh, – Thursday night, Kansas, um, Eric Almirola is kind of a wild card. I would assume his his odds, I haven't looked at the odds yet for this weekend or for Thursday, but I would figure that Eric Almirola's odds are going to be a little higher um, than those two, the first two I mentioned, or Tyler Reddick, who's always run well at Kansas, whether it's in a truck or an Xfinity or even in a cup car last year. When he made his cup the second cup start there, he had a great run. So, um, I mean, those are a few guys. I, I figure Blaney comes through and he gets a win on Thursday night uh, to solidify his spot in the playoff. Um, but um, we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's you brought got a good point. It's the first night race we've seen in a long time. It feels like on a mile and a half, so. That's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out. How about you, Spencer? Who do you got running really good in this Cup Series race? Who do you think's gonna win?
2: Well, I'll go. I will first. I will say Blaney. Um, that's not my winner to pick just because Philip picked him. I would change it up, but um, I still think you have to look at him as a threat, though. Uh, run in front, win stages, and possibly win. Um, you know, that's just how good that 12 team has been, and they just been really, really fast. And it's hard to really go against against him i mean um you know i keep saying i think this is going to be his breakout year and we mentioned earlier in the show he keeps having these little bit of hiccups can't quite capitalize so um so he's definitely going to be up front to win but i think a guy you have to really look at is going to park at Victor lane is martin directs um you know recently he has two wins of this track um and that's his only two wins of this racetrack but they come recently um so he's, he's the same car um um, you know the only thing that's really different is the the crew chief so um, you know he definitely knows how to get around this racetrack and, and you know Toyotas haven't been the greatest but you go to a guy's you go you go to a guy's wheelhouse you know a track that they really click at and you know games can you know you know it can change so um, I think Truex is you know could be a threat to win and um, I'll just go out on a limb and pick him
0: Monterey Jr. is a very good pick of course as you mentioned, he's been very, very good um, at Kansas Speedway in the past. Uh, I'm going to go Harvick. You know, I feel like he's a guy always you always pick and he'll always be up front. Uh, so that's my pick to win on Sunday. The Xfinity Series is the Kansas Lottery. 215 that race is Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. on NBCSN. Uh, you know, if you can watch it. If not, you can listen to it on radio, of course. Um, you know, forty or 37 cars for that event. You still have your normal players. Uh, no real cup guys, I think, in this event. Uh, nope. No cup guys. So it's going to be a fun race. It's going to feel like an Xfinity race. And it's really an opportunity, I think, for, you know, a, okay, who's going to really come out and take, at this point forward to me the rest of the season, is really showing who's going to take this championship and and be the favorite. Who's going to take it by the horns and say, I got this. Is it going to be Chase Briscoe? Is it going to be Austin Cedric? Could it be somebody else, Noah Gregson or uh, Justin Allgaier or even Ross Chastain, who we really haven't seen uh, win races and, and have a lot of speed in that car. But, you know, the season keeps going on. He, he could find speed as the season goes. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is who, who wins this weekend, Spencer, at Kansas for you, and who do you expect to really run up front?
2: I think you have to look at Briscoe, um, just because how well he's been. You know, he's got fast race cars, and you know this is a one hell of a year for him so far, and he's a hell of a race car driver. Um, but another guy that I think has gotten better over the last couple weeks, showing speed, is the ten and the colleague cars. Um, they, I feel like colleague is a whole new team this year. They're um, a lot better than they were last year, and you know they, you know they're. I want to say fourth and fifth in the points. So they're having a really good year. Um, and I think uh, Ross Chastain's do. You know, I think a lot of people was coming in this year. I mean, I was standing two feet from you when you thought – when you told me that Ross was going to run away with his championship because that's really his momentum um, from the truck series and how just he was on it. You know, he was just a big topic in NASCAR. And I thought the same. I agreed with you. But we just have not seen that. And I think um, – this weekend might be his night to capitalize, get a checker flag, get a trophy, get some momentum on the side, and um, you know, just keep moving forward and uh, hopefully his playoffs go his way. So Burst go in the ten.
0: How about you uh Phillip? You know, I forgot to mention Harrison Burton has had a really good year this year in in the Xfinity series as well. Um in of speed. You just haven't seen the consistency out of him this year yet, but he's a young driver, I don't think we really expect to see consistency. You see flashes. He's able to capitalize when he, when he gets the opportunity, and that's huge, especially in these uh, in this era of playoffs and stuff like that. So who do you think can win this Xfinity race on uh, on Saturday
1: at Kansas? Yeah, I, Spencer did the uh, picks for me. I, was, I mean, Chase should have won October. If it weren't for um, uh, what's his face, um, the the what the heck is his name? Of, uh, I'm forgetting his name. He drives in the Cup Series. Of, uh, but he he went and cleared himself in front of uh, Chase and caused a wreck. Garrett Smithley. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, so he should have won that race. you would have gotten locked into the final four and he would have won the championship there. More, You'd have had a chance, at least. I mean, obviously, of course, Tyler Reddick came through. But, um, I mean, Sindrick, I, I mean, I'm going to go with the easy answer. You left it out there. Um, Syndrix won three races in a row. Uh, I don't believe it's as much about him as much as it is, you know, the team. They've always been able to do well at these one-and-a-half-mile racetracks. It's just kind of Gumby's figured out some things. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked that he goes and makes it four in a row uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, Harrison and and uh, Bruckshot, Brandon Jones won his first. He was the beneficiary uh, last October uh, when uh, Chase got taken out of the, the lead there. Um, so I mean he's had a rough period. He did win that truck race and then he or, or he won the yeah he won the truck race and then he went and wrecked in the first lap of the Xfinity race. So I think eventually luck's going to turn around for him. Not that it's going to be for him to be a championship favorite, but you figure Gibbs will be able to show up and do some things uh, at a at a racetrack like that. And, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the junior motorsports cars. And, and Justin Allgaier, it's a local race for Brandt, so you know he'd probably want to finally come through and uh, get a win there.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to go with. And I, I really was impressed with his run last week, Allgaier. Uh I liked what I saw from that 7 car. I think, you know, he, he mentioned something very, very interesting to me where he said, you know, when he went to the hospital uh, after the race at Kentucky, that he learned a lot of things about himself. And, you know, that was interesting to me as far as his health is concerned. So maybe he'll even be, you know, feeling a little bit better about himself, you know, and, and be a better race car driver because of it. So, and if that's the case, you know, the best is yet to come for Justin Allgaier. So, you know, I'm curious to see how that seven car runs. I was very encouraged by their speed last week, especially. So uh, I think he can he can certainly go out there. They perform very, very well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, there's two truck series races, Kansas Speedway, the Kansas 200. Both of those races are called the Kansas 200. Uh, one on Friday night at 7 o'clock, and then there's one on Saturday at 1.30. This is all Eastern times, of course. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned it earlier how we have no cup drivers in the field in the Xfinity Series. Brandon Jones comes down from the Xfinity Series to drive the 51 cup truck for Kyle uh, Busch, but that's really it. Other than that, you should have your normal, regular players here for both races in the Truck Series. I'll start it with you, Philip. Give me your Truck Series winner uh, on Friday night, and then give me your
1: Truck Series winner
0: on Saturday night, of course. Uh, Saturday afternoon, I should say, as well.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh, um, I, I, you mentioned Christian Eckes. The way he was able to show up there uh, last Saturday, I think he finally breaks through i mean he's he's all right points wise anyway to um get through and and uh make the playoff more than likely but i I figure Christian Ekis comes through for one of the races and uh well oh, yeah, do no, I have no idea this is gonna be uh, weird, you know, might have some fuel mileage going on even with the stupid stages. Um in terms of the other race, I'll uh go with Moffitt. I'll, I'll go with Christian Eckes, Brent Moffitt uh win uh this weekend and uh block themselves in to the playoffs uh based on their deal here at Kansas.
0: How about you, Spencer? Uh, You're asking about Ross Chastain. He's in both races. The only change, if you're curious on that kind of stuff and you like the, um, the, you know, who's who's in what race, the only change is in the uh, truck of um, the number 56 truck. Tyler Hill is going to drive it on Friday night. Timmy Hill is going to drive it on Saturday. So that's the only change as far as uh, the Xfinity Series goes from Friday to Saturday. Um,
1: who do you got with Spencer
0: in Truck Series race?
1: Oh man.
2: Well, you know that you know the same old guys are who run up front are gonna run up front, but Truck Series is close. Um, even though they haven't been really running as good, you know, he got his first career truck series win here. Um, so why not go ahead and with the forty of Ross and let's have a little fun with it and he could repeat. Sweep the truck races, but um, I really like to see Todd Gillen win with that uh, truck that he's in. Um, uh, and I'm not even really a fan of him. I just really I think he has a lot to prove. Um, you know, with the whole KBM deal last year, um, I'd really like to see him win, and I hope some luck is, luck is on his side. And I hope he uh, brings that Ford home first and can climb on top of that truck and show Kyle Bush that he can win, and it doesn't have to be a KBM truck. So. Um, the 40 and the 38, I'd like to
0: see, um, Parkham in victory lane. I'm going to go, uh, the 18 and back I was really impressed last week. I feel like the similar, the are similar from Texas to Kansas. And, uh, I think he's, he's going to have a really good shot at, at pulling into the victory lane. And, and, um, you know, really getting that 18 truck, uh, other than Kyle Bush it's been rare in the last couple of years. So, uh, if he could do that, that'd be, that'd be huge. Um, yeah, so that's that's been it. Uh, as far as Kansas is concerned, it's going to be a lot of fun, fun weekend. And uh, listen, we'll be back here again next Monday. We'll review everything from Kansas. It's going to be a busy weekend. We'll review it all for you here on Talking in Circles next week. We'll see you that time. Good night, everybody.